Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative and lifestyle medicine, we review the medical literature, and we review case studies. Today's show topic is a vegan interventional cardiologist shares her thoughts on diet, heart disease, and exercise performance. Our guest today is Dr. Heather Shankman, MD. She's an interventional cardiologist in the Los Angeles area. She has a blog called The Vegan Heart Doc, and she's a practicing vegan and a very avid exerciser, it looks like. She runs, she bikes, she swims, and just in general stays in shape. So thanks, Dr. Shankman, for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about your educational background and where you went to school and how you got to be a cardiologist. Sure. Um... Well, I grew up in Michigan. I went to undergraduate at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in upstate New York, and then I went to Albany Medical College. Um, I was part of a six-year combined degree program because I knew from the start that I wanted to go into medicine, so I finished medical school with my MD at 23. I did my internal medicine residency at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. I worked for a year as an internal medicine hospitalist taking care of hospitalized patients before I did my cardiology training. I spent three years for my cardiology fellowship at the University of Rochester Strong Memorial Hospital and after that I spent one year at Tufts New England Medical Center in Boston training in interventional cardiology. And then I have been in Los Angeles practicing for about nine years. I'm always amazed how people know from an early age they want to be a doctor. And and did did school come easy for you or did you have to work real, real hard? I think I had to work hard for what I achieved. I think that medical school, no matter how smart you are going into it, it's just a lot to learn. And and I think you you really can't skate by without... um, without putting in some good effort. <laughs> what, um, why did you choose cardiology out of all the specialties? I chose cardiology because I felt like it was an area where I could help people, and I feel that way even more so today. As an interventional cardiologist, I am trained to do angioplasty. In other words, I can inflate a balloon in somebody's artery to open up a blockage and put a tube in called a stent to hold the artery open. By doing that procedure in somebody who's having a heart attack, I can literally save a life, which is very rewarding. But that said, I can save a life on the front end as well. I can take somebody who I know is at high risk of heart disease and get them before they have that heart attack before they need that stent and help them to reduce their risk of heart attack and stroke through blood pressure control, cholesterol control, controlling diabetes. And much of this is done with medication, but also much of it is done with lifestyle. So an interventional cardiologist, can you just define it for the public out there what that means? An interventional cardiologist is a cardiologist who specializes in doing invasive procedures on the heart, and the most common of those invasive procedures is what is called an angioplasty, which is opening up a blocked artery of the heart. So let's talk about angioplasties for a second. They are not a permanent thing, correct? In other words, you open up the vessel, but if the person doesn't change their lifestyle, is it not going to reoccur or somewhere along the, the vessel? Well, an angioplasty fixes one part of the arteries, 
But the problem is that arterial disease doesn't just happen in one place. It's a diffuse process. So if you've got that one severe blockage that we find in one of the coronary arteries, there's more of a systemic issue and that there's plaque throughout the remainder of the arteries. So that patient remains at high risk of heart attack or stroke or progression of plaque buildup in all of their arteries unless something is done systemically to reduce that risk. So how do so you do your procedure and the person's help. Now, how do you what medications do you use? For example, are you a big statin user or do you try and get people to do diet first or you just go straight to the drug? I think it very much depends on the patient of which approach I take. If it's somebody who is is young who doesn't have risk factors or doesn't have a lot of issues, I would definitely start with lifestyle alone, eating well, exercising, weight loss, treating sleep apnea or any other risk factors that are present. But if somebody has vascular disease, if we know that they have plaque in their arteries, if they happen to be a diabetic over a certain age, if they have severely elevated cholesterol levels, then those are people who it would be indicated to be on a statin or cholesterol medication. Do you find many side effects of the statins? There most certainly are side effects with statin medications, and there are side effects with with really all medications. The most common of the side effects with the statin medications is what we call myalgias or muscle aches. And that's something that can be dealt with by either putting somebody on a lower dose of a statin medicine or choosing one of the more benign statin medications. But certainly there are other medication alternatives that can be given instead of a statin when we truly need a medicine for cholesterol. Now, I know you're a vegan, so that's you know a given. Does, how does that relate to you being able to share with patients about diet or, or does it? It's just too intense at the moment and they're not going to pay attention because they're busy and you're busy or is there time to intervene with what you know? I think that diet is always important in health and particularly with respect respect to heart health. And it's something that I always try to pull into the conversation. I work for a large managed care organization. So I see your typical person. I'm not seeing a lot of people who are necessarily seeking me out because I happen to be plant-based or vegan. Some do, but that is not the majority of my patients. So my conversation about diet starts with where my patient starts from. If I have a patient who is eating a whole lot of fried food and fast food, we may focus on a goal of eating a vegetable with each meal and preparing meals at home. For other people, we may talk about transitioning to a plant-based diet, but I I certainly put it out there for anybody I talk to that the best diet for the heart is a plant-based diet because this is the one diet that we have seen that can reverse plaque buildup of the arteries. There's no other diet that has demonstrated it in controlled trials. So how how would you do that quickly? I know you're busy. You have a traditional practice and you're going through patients every, what, 10, 20 minutes? Is that the kind of... I see follow-up patients every 15 minutes. I see new consultations every 30 minutes. That said, I take the time that a patient needs to see me, but certainly I, I do need to move and I can't spend an hour talking to each patient about diet. So I try to start the conversation when I first see a patient and let them know that the ideal diet for the heart would be a whole food plant-based diet and try to tailor some suggestions to where they are um, where they start from and go from there. And then it's something I try to remind people of each time I see them and ask how their diet is going and what they're eating and perhaps make a few suggestions to help them to improve that.
Is there a simple resource that you point people to consistently, like a book or a website or what? how do you work? Well, when I'm in the clinic and I want to give something to patients to read about how to go on a plant-based diet, I will give them the Physicians Committee's Vegetarian Starter Kit, which is is a great booklet that talks about why a plant-based diet is ideal and, and some very easy recipes and easy ways to transition to a more plant-based diet. I also suggest to my patients that they watch the movie Forks Over Knives because I think that's just a very inspiring movie and it's very informative as to why a plant-based diet is so good for health. Do you uh, use any dietary supplements at all for any reasons in your patients, your heart patients? I really don't push dietary supplements. And I know there are um, plant-based cardiologists who certainly practice a little bit differently from, from how I do. But within the conventional literature, there really is no um, large randomized control trial that demonstrates that any particular supplement will prolong life or prevent a heart attack. Have you ever able to have someone, let's say, who said, yeah, man, I really want to do this plant-based and they kind of sink the boat on it and have you seen any reversal or regression or is that just like something you read in an Esselton or an Ornish uh, paper? Well, the interesting <laughs> thing is when your patients are stable, there's no need to repeat a stress test or put them through <laughs> another invasive coronary angiogram. Um, so I can't say that I can show documented reversal of disease in my patients. But that said, of all of my patients, and, and many of them have gone to whole food plant-based diets. I have never had to do another angioplasty on one of those patients. I have never seen one of them have another heart attack or a stroke. So from my own empiric experience as a cardiologist, I have seen nothing but success with plant-based diets. Good. Why did you become a, a vegan? Was it something way beforehand being a, in the health profession or is it something that evolved reading research or how did that come about? I've been a vegetarian for many years. I went vegetarian in high school. I was 16 years old. Oddly enough, my younger brother was the first vegetarian of my family. And my thought process was animals are my friends. I don't want to eat them. I don't want to support the cruelty that goes into killing animals. I transitioned from vegetarian to vegan during my cardiology fellowship training. Um, and much of that was also for ethical reasons of how animals become food and how horrifying it is for these poor animals, but also the, the literature and the research that has demonstrated um, the benefits of a vegan plant-based diet. Certainly Caldwell Esselstyn's paper from the 1990s um, where he took 24 very high-risk cardiac patients and got amazing results on those who were able to stick with a whole food plant-based diet and certainly Dean Ornish's work of the 1990s as well and certainly papers that have come out since then that have demonstrated health benefits not just to the heart from eating more plant-based. So you are an avid exerciser, correct? Yes. I mean it sounds like it <laughs> when I, I looked, looked at some of your bios. Um, so is, um, well first of all, why do you exercise? I exercise for many reasons, one of which is that it keeps me happy and it keeps me well-balanced and stress-free. Um, but I'm also competitive, and I like to see how much I can do. And I've been involved in 
doing triathlons and road races and, and cycling and swimming for a number of years now. So that competition also fuels me. But also we know that exercise provides such good health benefits. And I want to be healthy and I want to be a good example to my patients. <laughs> we are talking to Dr. Heather Shankman. She's an interventional cardiologist in the Los Angeles area. And she has a blog called The Vegan Heart Doc. And she um, is a an interventional cardiologist, but she also is an avid exerciser. So I'd like to ask you a few questions about exercise. Do you think plant-based nutrition helps athletes with better performance? Can it do that? That's a good question. I can speak only from my own empiric experience in, in that I feel like um, a plant-based diet, I think, gives me an advantage because I think I eat cleaner than most people. And I feel like I, I recover quicker than most after hard exercise. And I've heard that from many other plant-based athletes. So, but have you, well, I guess you haven't experienced it because you haven't been an, an animal food eater to compare the two. <laughs> um, what are your favorite exercises? You know, I love mixing up what I do. I don't like doing the same thing day in, day out. I, I definitely love going for a run. Um, I love running trails, running hills. That's always a good challenge. I, I'm really starting to enjoy swimming. That's something that I've been starting to do more. Um, I enjoy doing strength training, and I love a good boot camp class as well. So uh, on your weekend where you get to relax, you'll be doing some kind of obviously physical activity, uh, Yes, correct? absolutely. Tell me about, are you a, a type of vegan that doesn't add oils to your diet? Um, in other words, you just whole food, plant-based. Do you do raw nuts or seeds? Are you talking about my own diet of what I personally eat? Or your own diet. I do not um, typically restrict those things. I think that there's, there's good evidence that in somebody who has coronary artery disease, perhaps restricting things like nuts and seeds and oils makes sense. As for people who are otherwise healthy, I don't think there's a need to specifically restrict those things. Um, with with the exception of oils, I'm certainly conscientious about how much oil I use when I cook, and I use the very, as minimal as possible. Um, there's some suggestion that oil may be inflammatory. Um, it's also fairly dense in calories and fat. So is, is it olive oil your favorite oil, or do you have other oils? Well, you know, when I do use oil, you know, I, I, I like olive oil. I may use a little bit of coconut oil. And I don't know that I choose these oils specifically because of any science that one of them is better than the, the other, but perhaps more because um, I like the taste of them. <laughs> Good. Uh, and, and lastly, do you think if we all applied like, let's say you could snap your fingers and all your patients applied an Esselton or an Ornish type diet, uh, would not your job become pretty much obsolete? I would be much less busy and I would be running the risk of being <laughs> on the unemployment line. <laughs> At least your audience has said that. That's good. Any other insights for patients or doctors about, I don't know, nutrition or exercise sure, that you want to share? I think that people should keep in mind that patients, I mean, they may seem like they're not willing to change, but I think when you talk to people and you, you tell them the benefit of a good lifestyle of eating plant-based, of exercising regularly, you can convince people to make changes. Um, and recognize that everybody starts from, from a certain place. And even the most, you know, most unhealthy lifestyle, you can help people to do better. Well, I want to let you get to your wonderful weekend. You've worked hard all week, and hopefully you won't get too many calls. <laughs> well, maybe you want them. I don't know if you want them or not, but hopefully you'll be able to get out and do exercise. So thanks so much for spending the time, Dr. Shankman. Great. Thank you for having me. 
And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. It's be up on iTunes at stay, and on stayinghealthytoday.com, and I'll have links to Dr. Shankman's blog. And until next time, stay and be well. <laughs>